This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 133, 11 tips for better connection with your spouse, part one. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Well, hello, Higgins. Hi. I always have a song in my head. <laughs> I have really rubbed off on you. Can I hear the song? In- Wait, are you... I- Maybe it's a song in your heart. It's what is the song, song in your heart, heart today, Rebecca? Well, I don't know why I felt like I needed to tell you that straight away, but as we're hitting record, I'm literally singing the song in my head, so it's making me laugh. Can you I'm sing like, it Well, no, I into can- the microphone? I-, I can't sing it. Carry on. Oh, I love that I don't even know all the lyrics. Carry on. Yeah. Carry on, carry on. (laughs) That's a good one. Well, do you know why it's in my head? Have you yet seen Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist season two? I did watch that episode. It is season two, right? Season two, episode one. Yes. It's a, it's a season opener and there's many, many touching aspects to Mm -hmm. that particular storyline in that episode, but the carry on it's a good one with the family and how they are carrying on. They're moving past some trauma and some things. It's by the band Fun, if yes. you don't know. Yes. Um, oh. And if you haven't watched Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Well, I, I want to be careful to not like recommend it highly. To, I mean, there's, so let me just all, tell you, like, if, you're the, clean. if you're the kind of person who likes music? really great shows <laughs> and storylines and great music. Yes, music, music. And delightful costuming. It's a musical comedy. And it is, it's just a musical it's so life. Fun. <laughs> it is so, it's great. It's Why are just we talking, a delight. Sorry, I'm the one that started this, but I, anyway, now you know I've got carry on in my head. So as you are speaking. Could you just carry on to the ad? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I sure will, but not without sharing a quick review. This is delightful. I'm, are you ready for this? I'm very, and can I just also say. Yes. How fun. I, again, love the reviews so much. You guys, we actually hit a big benchmark this oh, week yeah, with reviews. Sure. We hit the thousand mark and we when we say reviews, reviews it's a thousand people writing reviews so yes. like if you just do the stars it doesn't actually count well it does count but in a, a different thousand way written a thousand written reviews, reviews on itunes you, you guys, guys that's so incredible and Thank it actually you. is a great benchmark that helps is kind of one of those algorithm things that helps which propel the podcast that's great which higgins doesn't care about but I, i'm gonna be honest i do i yeah. feel great about it so <laughs> keep those reviews coming higgins will care. hook you up i i will i will you know that if I read your review, you just need to send me a DM so that I can send you a package of goodies. Okay, this one comes from Just Tay 112 I want to express how insightful and educational this podcast is. The dialogue feels like a conversation with friends, and I learn so much. Thanks to the Beckys for creating this place where we safely learn and talk about difficult issues with hope and laughter. Your friend, Amanda. I love that she knows that she's our friend. Yes. Even if we've never met. Oh, and I love that you feel safe. I hope I, know. I hope you feel safe, and I hope we all feel a little bit of safety to feel our feelings, to be mm-hmm. ourselves, all the things. Oh, for sure. Thanks again for your reviews, you guys. All right, let's move on. Let's carry on. Carry on. <laughs> and hear a quick word about this week's sponsor. 
I'm all for those days when I just don't want to take even two seconds longer to get ready. But for the most part, it feels so worth it to do my six minute everyday makeup routine. And you know why? There is just something about putting yourself together that just makes us feel like our superpowers are charged. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree with that. This is very much a personal empowerment and self-confidence thing. And believe you me, not at all a thing about impressing others. And at the same time, both of us regularly get messages about our makeup on social media. So, you know, that's kind of fun. Shine Cosmetics continues to be one of our favorite brands ever. They name all of their products after power words, which we just love. More importantly, the makeup ingredients are impressive, you guys. Gluten-free, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, and paraben-free. It is super hard to pick our favorite products, but we do highly recommend the Fiber Brow BB Cream and their Buttery Soft and Gorgeous Lip Gloss. Their concealer, you guys, it is seriously the best we have ever used. Visit shinecosmetics.com and enter code Becky at checkout to save at least 10% anytime and all the time. There we were. Would you like to kick us off? Would you like me to start? Stop. That was one of those times. No. Why not? This is honest. This is one of those times where we click record and we're like, ooh, what's she going to say? Oh, me? You want me to say something? Okay, got it. Would you like to say something? Well, I actually would, you would like, like to, to fill say. the next hour of this airtime. I accept. Okay. I will fill the next hour. Can you believe it's February? Well, when most people listen back, it may not be. Well, that's true. But right now it's February right and it applies moment. to the episode. So we're going to go with it. Okay, let's I go. cannot believe it's February 10th. Yeah, it's great. No, that's like this year is flying right the heck by. Yeah, great. Good. Are you fact checking to make sure in fact it airs on February 10th? <laughs> I'm, I am fact checking. Not that it I actually checked. matters, but. I check the editorial calendar. Don't you stink and worry. Oh, I'm not. It is February 10th. Guys, the day like... that this is launching is yes. in fact February 10th. And what would be your point with the date, my friend? Because this episode was going to be about something very different. Yes, it was. In fact, there were two different episodes that I have prepared. Yes, you did. And <laughs> last night, Higgins and I were together, and she said, oh, which one are we doing? And I'm like, I'm not sure. I think this one, maybe this one. And then I went home, mm-hmm. and my husband and I like to have like a little powwow to figure out all the scheduling things for all the people that mm-hmm. were in charge of keeping alive. <laughs> and we were having one of those such meetings, and we realized, holy crap, Valentine's Day is like right around the corner. I know. Which, to be quite honest, yeah. it's just not a big deal in our lives. Great. For many reasons we're going to discuss here today. Great. Um, and it just hit me like, holy garbage. Yeah. This is a time when a lot of people start to get a little angsty about Valentine's Day. Oh, that's too bad. Or completely cast it away. Okay. Like, there's a lot of complicated feelings out there about... About a made-up holiday that about has nothing to do with anyone's specific relationship? Correct. Oh. So what does Valentine's Day actually do? By the way, don't I don't mean that offensively. I don't mean that like... Hallmark, don't no. write us any letters. <laughs> no. Well, and I mean, it, like, maybe Valentine's Day does hold very special meaning for some couples. I'm just saying that for most, it's actually not a holiday about that actual relationship. It's a made-up holiday that has been commercialized, and then there are expectations built upon. So it's actually not made up. I don't know if you know that. Well, no. I mean, it's made up, meaning it's not It's not significant to most specific right, relationships. Because right, right. it, it's made up just like It, it started St. as a religious Patrick's holiday. Day. Yeah, exactly. I know that. It's, yeah, St. Valentine's Day. And so, yes, it has been commercialized, as yeah. is the American way. Correct. And, yeah. And made to, made to feel... A lot of things for a lot of people, right. right? A lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. It is a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations. Yeah. So 
How, well, tell me why why does Valentine's Day not mean anything to you? Well, I didn't say it didn't mean anything. Why are you a cold-hearted snake? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just want to know because I know for sure what started my like meh okay. relationship so with Valentine's Day. So my answer is not going to be what you're looking for. How do you know what I'm looking for? <laughs> tell I, me. I don't. Okay. So for me, and you know this about me, I just sometimes like to swim against the tide. You do? I, I do like to just go in a different direction that all the rest of the traffic sense tends to be going. Mm-hmm. And because everyone makes such a big deal out of Valentine's day, our entire marriage, I've been like, babe, do not bring me flowers. Let's not go to dinner. Let's she says, David, I dare you bring me flowers and see what happens. <laughs> no, I just don't. It's not about us. Valentine's day is not, has nothing to do with our relationship. Mm-hmm. Now on March 12th, the day that he asked me to marry him, I really would like some sort of acknowledgement of like, Hey, remember that oh, one time man. I asked you the most important question of your life? On July 21st, when we celebrate our, the day that we were married, uh, like, of course, these are significant times, but Valentine's Day is not significant to our relationship in our marriage, but it's not for any particular reason other than, okay, it's, so where I like to do Valentine's Day is as a family and with the kids, I'll just, right. you know, you walked in my front door this morning back and you saw some Valentine's, a little love there in the entryway. I just, it's a little fun, like I'm not mm-hmm. bah humbug about holidays, you know, but I'll, you know, put a little something on the table for the kids that morning and that's our tradition and that's it. So, you know, well, there you have we're it. not super creative. It I know you guys you. are. Well, we're not super creative, but long ago we mm-hmm. decided going out on a weeknight is like the most stressful thing ever. Mm-hmm. And for me and what drives me and makes me feel happy and peaceful, any like expected mm-hmm. holiday behaviors or like, I would, I remember being at my baby shower, like literally dying, opening mm-hmm. presents in front of people. Like. I'm not saying it made me uncomfortable. I'm saying I was having like legit anxiety. Mm. Like I hate any kind of expected reaction or expected emotion I'm expected to have. Totally. Because then I feel like, oh gosh, I'm not going to measure up. It's a really complicated relationship. But also early in my marriage, my husband, I had to learn that he is not like supernaturally inclined towards romance. Sure. He's, and I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, he's a bad husband. He is the most loving and wonderful man I think I've ever known in my life. Yes. Like he's the greatest ever. Yeah. You guys need to meet him because well, we, we talk about David and him these a lot. Guys on the podcast. I need you to know him. We keep forgetting. <laughs> it will give you so much context, but um, he's just not like one of those people that is really supernaturally romantic. Yeah. But of course, I come into marriage coming from Disney. Like I still have <laughs> some of that. Like poor Taylor. Are you not singing me a ballad? What? You know what I mean? You have all these notions, and I think two shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, like they give you a really complicated expectation with romance and what that means in a marriage. And early in my marriage, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I wonder what he's going to do for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And then he Mm -hmm. like did nothing or Mm -hmm. said, oh, I love you. Or like brought me one rose. And I was, which it sounds so bratty, but I was like, what are you serious? That's it. Did he at least say, Becky, will you accept this rose? (laughs) (laughs) No, he definitely did not (laughs) say that. But I found myself being really disappointed and having expectations not met because I had placed so much importance on like what this holiday meant and how my husband was supposed to love me and what that looked like and sounded like. And it was a mess for the first part of our marriage, like unmet expectations on all sides. And probably communication was not at your strongest point. Correct. As a couple, because right. it isn't usually for most people when they're just absolutely. Each Even other if you're out. a good communicator, coming sure. into a marriage, 
you're dealing with two individuals from two separate backgrounds. He was raised West Coast. I was raised East Coast. I came from a different family. He came, you know, all these mm-hmm. different communication factors. And so here's what I thought we would talk about today. Okay. Is if you're having complicated feelings about Valentine's Day, it's totally fine. Like you can totally have complicated feelings. I will tell you for Taylor and I, we celebrate with our kids now simply because doing a weekday anything literally sounds like the worst idea I've ever thought of like I could mm-mm. so we just get heart-shaped pizza <laughs> mm-hmm. and do strawberry milk and have a family love fest and we love it it works for us mm-hmm. but I love that I think it is a good time of year to just kind of get right in the head about communication in our marriage and more talk about like just some like little tips and tricks things that we cool. have learned things that experts have taught us that keep the communication in our marriage I'm not going to say good because I don't think good is the right word I'm going to say honest okay Use yep. your communication to connect you to your spouse. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Okay. All right. Are you ready for, so I have 11. I tried to do 10, but then I had to squeak in the 11 and then I thought, oh, I need can do 12 because it's a baker's <laughs> dozen. It didn't feel right. So a baker's I have, dozen is actually 13. Oh, oh, it is? Uh-huh. So a dozen is 12 and a baker's dozen is 13. So how come when I go to the baker's to get rolls or donuts, I don't get 13? Because <laughs> you're not asking for a baker's dozen. Does it cost more? Or is it like a free extra? <laughs> you guys, we're going to have so many people write in and say, you're all wrong. You don't okay. get this. All I know is I've never gotten 13 of any baked good, and I'm feeling <laughs> cheated. Okay, so I have 11, and then I have a challenge, because I always okay. love a good challenge, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to start um, with a quote that I found, and I desperately wish that I could you know, give the person credit, but I could not find the person who said this or the study that it came from. Okay. Okay. And essentially it said that assumption and lack of communication is literally what kills marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now let that like process yeah. assumption and lack of communication is what kills our marriage. Yep. So like that, my friends is the disease finances, infidelity, addiction, um, stress with child raising, financial issues, all these things are built upon the foundation of lack of communication and assumption. So maybe let's spend a few minutes talking about that. Okay. Let's do that. So the first thing I want us to consider is throwing notions of romance out the window. What if, they, what if people don't want to? I, what I if that, that works for some couples? So here's the thing. Notions of romance are totally fine if you're very, very clear about what you expect and I mean, I hate to say this so abruptly, but just because you want to be loved in a certain way and get three dozen roses on Valentine's Day does not mean that your spouse has to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they want to love you in the way they want to love you? Mm-hmm. And so we have to throw notions of romance of what is a romantic gesture, of what is a loving gesture completely out the window. Mm-hmm. Like, love you so much, Disney, so deep in my heart. But like, let's take all those things we've seen in the media, The Bachelor, Thank you, Bachelor, for just giving us a lovely bunch of content. (laughs) But, you know, all those things we've seen, let's throw it out the window. And instead of trying to fit our life or imagine our life as being part of some, like, grand production, like, let's let's really consider what romance is. So what is the most romantic thing David does for you? Um, Two days ago, uh, after I fed many people all the meals, contractors, kids, neighbors, my kids' friends, yes. my family. I'm sure some of my children of, were probably in there. Maybe. I don't even know. It was one of those days where I was feeling like an octopus yeah. human being and helping everybody and doing everything. And and it was a rare night for me of going to, be, to bed with the kitchen a mess, 
right? I oh, just that is rare for do you. do not go mm-hmm. to, I just like a clean kitchen. I like to wake up to a clean kitchen and it was not a big deal. I didn't beat myself up over it. It was yeah. just like, that's just what it was. Yeah. And I fell asleep um, before David did because David had some big projects that he was working on, which was so great. And he had a productive night and I knew it and he knew it and it was great and it was no big deal. But I woke up the next morning to a spotless immaculate kitchen. Oh, that's and so cool. I am I was like blown away. Here's a guy who was up late working on projects, up super early to get to work. This is not his normal routine. Mm-hmm. And yet he went out of his way and cleaned the kitchen and cleaned up quite the mess from all the hoopla that was happening that evening and I was like deeply feeling the love. Yeah. It was a massive love language. And why yeah, I was going to say why did that mean so much to you? Because it's a love, because it's, it's an act of service. Cause it's something, it's and, a love language. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about the love language, but that's an act of service, but also because it's something that might not be as important to him, but is really important to you. Well, and to be honest, we both appreciate cleanliness, but he wasn't going to be here the next day. He was at work. It would right. not have affected him. Well, and so he knows he, you would have cleaned it the next morning. Exactly. First thing and he knows I would have, it'll be, it'll, it will have been the, the first thing I did that morning. And he knows that about me. We both like to be clean. So for him to do that and was indicative to me that he was literally thinking about me. Isn't and that what, lovely? Like, it's so lovely because I, David, I would describe him similarly to mm-hmm. how you describe Taylor, romance and being romantic. Let's say traditional or like traditional, idealized romance. There yeah. you go. Traditional or idealized romance is not the way I would describe his natural makeup, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what's running through his veins. And so, um, but we've been married for 26 years. So it's not like I, that's not what I even expect or want necessarily right. for him to be, you know, pouring out of him on a regular basis. So I know when he does something like that, I know that it's legitimately like I am saying and showing, I love you. And this is how, and so I receive it. Cause I'm like, right? dude, I woke up to a clean, I texted him straight so away because awesome. I knew he couldn't talk on the phone. He was in mm-hmm. a case. And I was like, I need you to know that that was a straight up love language. And I feel it. Thank you. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Also, you did it right. Not the kids. Yeah, He's right. like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you think the kids can clean that well? Exactly. So anyway. one, one of the things that Taylor does for me, that is like seriously warms my heart. Every just melts me is he, if he goes to bed before me, we try to go to bed at the same time, but oftentimes that doesn't happen. He will turn on a heating pad and put it on my side of the bed. Aww. So when I get in, it's warm. Oh, that's so I'm like nice. cold a lot. Uh-huh. Isn't that so sweet? That is very sweet. I love very that. Thoughtful. But notice neither one of these things had to do with flowers or big showy gestures or mm-hmm. like sometimes we get so like, just expecting these things that are grandiose and and very like commercially romantic totally. that we neglect to see these little acts of service and mm-hmm. love that our spouse is doing for us. Totally. Even if David hadn't cleaned the kitchen, the fact that he was staying up to do projects, which I'm a hundred percent sure was probably house related or, or, you know, all mm-hmm. the projects they do that is an act of romance. That is an act of love that, mm-hmm. that he was willing to stay up and forego sleep to get those things handled mm-hmm. in the time that he had. Yeah. Sometimes we really overlook these remarkable gestures of love because they don't fit into like what we've conjured up in our head. Which we can thank media for, right? We conjured up in our head because we watch the movies, we see the shows, right. we listen to the music, mm-hmm. we hear the ballads, you know, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. They're fun. They're romantic. They're entertaining. They are also idealistic and 
and they set up unrealistic expectations. And dare I say, yeah, might not actually be what you want. Okay. Mm, so let okay. me explain. Now, what if David didn't do any of those projects or clean the kitchen, but bought you five dozen roses and you woke up to five dozen roses the next day? I'd be really confused. You'd be confused, but, and then you'd probably be like, wow, those dishes are okay. I'm going to do the dishes. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, hundred percent. Like if you had gotten that idealized notion of romance, right. it might not have meant as much. No, I never thought about what it would have felt like to wake up to five dozen roses because that's not the world that I live in. But right. because you even threw that out at, to me, to mm-hmm. me, and I'm picturing waking up to five dozen roses and, the and a dirty still, kitchen, right? And the dirty kitchen, I would be like, I don't even know what's happening, right. and what is he trying to? What's happening here? Uh, why is he overcompensating? Yes, <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Also, doesn't he know that flowers are not my love language? Right, exactly. <laughs> Once and in that, a blue moon, from but a isn't friend. that interesting though, Beck? Yeah. If he had done that, you'd have been like, does he even know me at all? Because yeah. I would have rather he did the dishes. Yeah. Get what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So that's my tip too. Is what do you actually want from your spouse? Mm. Like, what is it you actually want? Because I think sometimes we like to attach objects to what we want, right? Like I want flowers. I want on Valentine's day, my husband to take me on a trip or I want him to plan a romantic date. But what is it you actually want from those things? Right? So Mm -hmm. going back to Becky's example, you know, having David do the dishes brought her what she wanted, which was that feeling that my husband sees and values and understands me, Mm -hmm. right? That's what you want. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we attach objects to what we want. And sometimes we attach like meaning behind objects that doesn't actually exist, right? Mm -hmm. We put meaning behind something. So I want you to break down this whole flowers thing. So if you're thinking, I really want flowers, I'm using flowers because that was a really hot button issue for me in my head. I don't know where I got this idea because my father didn't do this for my mother. I don't know where I got this idea. Like, (laughs) right. Husbands bought their wives flowers occasionally, Mm -hmm. not because they asked, but just because they like your hat. Oh, I'm sensing you're having a hard day. I'm going to go pick out your favorite flower peonies, obviously, and bring them to you. I don't know where I got this in my head, Hmm. but I would literally craft this notion of like, I think today I was really clear about how hard day I'm having. I'm going to get any flower. And I never did. Not once. So in your head, (laughs) I'm just picturing this Mm -hmm. and I'm laughing because I think all of us can relate to it. I certainly can, where you had this thought of what he's probably going to do because surely, surely he knows. He's picked up on my subconscious, like mind reading clues I've been putting in his direction. Right. Right. (laughs) Cause that's what husbands do. Right. And they read minds while they're in meetings and doing all the things, picking up the kids for me. (laughs) Of course, that's what he's thinking about. And then he would come home and I would be so angry. Like I would be so deeply hurt that he Mm. didn't love me enough to see that I needed something. Like it was kind of a problem in my life. Okay. Yeah. But what I really wanted wasn't, wasn't flowers. What did you want back? I really wanted him to just know and understand and recognize and acknowledge what a hard time I was looking for emotional support Mm -hmm. from him, Mm -hmm. but the flowers was like the stupid vehicle I attached all that expectation to, Sure, but it never was about flowers. So think about what you actually want. Because again, you may have a spouse who likes buying flowers or who doesn't, right? And you have to let them know what it is you're actually seeking for. Are you looking for deeper connection? Are you looking to feel heard? Are you looking to go have fun? Like, what is it? Let's take whatever we're attaching to the thing. Like, take the thing, the object out of the equation. What is it you actually want? Okay? 
then leading me to step three, you have to be honest. Okay. Honesty in marriage is like the biggest thing ever. I think that hard conversations are really, really deeply important in marriage. Well, they also further connect you when you do have the hard conversations. Oh, absolutely. When you have the honest conversations and honesty Mm -hmm. can sometimes be difficult, Mm -hmm. but instead of placing expectation, instead of placing objects, instead of making it about the dirty kitchen or the lack of flowers or the lack of time, have the honest conversation. When you go to step two and say, okay, what is it I actually want? You need to then go to your spouse and say, Today, I felt like you weren't hearing what I was saying. I really needed more sympathy. I needed more. I needed you to be with me in that problem. Like I needed X, Y, or Z. And you have to be honest about that. You have to be honest about what you actually need and also how things make you feel. Um, So Brene Brown actually talks about this a lot and, and something she does with her husband that I love, which I have totally adopted her verbiage because it's just great is when there's a situation happening and she can feel herself start to get bristly or like closed down or like, uh, you know, feeling resentful or annoyed or whatever, she stops and tells her husband, I want you to know this is the narrative I have crafted in my head right now. Mm. Like I've crafted in my head that you didn't come home when I asked you to because you don't care about me or maybe you're trying to avoid me because you don't actually want to be here. And then she follows up and says, and I know that that is not correct, but I just needed you to know the narrative I'm crafting in my head. Okay. What a powerful tool because we do, we craft all these narratives in our head about what our spouse's actions mean. What if we just stopped and said, honey, I got to tell you, this is a narrative I'm crafting in my head. Is that true or false? I just need you to understand where my head is going right now. That is so good. Right. And I think I've, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just think I've caught on to you doing this with Taylor. Mm-hmm. Have you been putting oh, this totally. into practice? We do it all the time. Okay. I need to do this all the time. Yeah. I, I put narratives in my head all the time. And the thing is, is if we don't speak the narrative, number one, hello, documenting 101, yeah. you speak or you write the narrative. If it sounds ridiculous, your brain can be like, so that narrative that's dumb and you know, it's yeah. dumb. And then you can course correct, or at least you're letting your spouse know what you're feeling when you're feeling it. So they sure. can understand if you're feeling insecure or they can understand if you're feeling like, you know, they don't want to be there or whatever the thing is. It has so much less power over us when we just speak the narrative, let them join you in your crazy narrative mm-hmm. so that you can actually make forward progression out of it. Absolutely. Way to go, Brene Brown. Yeah. And then it gives your spouse the opportunity to squash what is not true. Exactly. Which puts your mind at ease immediately. So I have to bring up something. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about intimacy with honesty. Okay. Because there is a lot of expectation, a lot of unmet expectation, and a lot of resentfulness around physical intimacy in a marriage, which is a shame because... It's It's supposed to be freaking awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Having a hard conversation about intimacy. So for instance, I'm just going to say this, okay, is a lot of women and Jennifer Finlayson Fife, if you don't follow her, she is amazing. She was sharing in an event I went to a study about like the level of women, the number, the percentage of women in marriage who report to like tolerating sex Mm -hmm. or not liking sex. And I'm not going to quote an exact number, but it was like upwards of 80% Mm -hmm. are just not like only like toe the line or do it to support their husband or whatever. Going along with it. And then you have people too that are like really adversely 
reacted to it. Mm-hmm. Are you being honest? Are you being honest in your intimacy conversations? I think for men, and this is a gross overgeneralization, but it's something um, Dr. Finlayson Five shares is int- physical intimacy is a way that most men connect, mm-hmm. right? That physical intimacy helps them to achieve emotional intimacy. For women, when we feel emotionally intimate, then we are open to physical intimacy. Yep. So his need for physical intimacy to establish emotional intimacy is not more important than your need for emotional intimacy. And so if you're in a dynamic in your marriage where you are just making yourself available for sex because you feel like it's what you should do as a spouse, but your needs aren't actually being met, um, you need to say that. You need to have that conversation. So if if your spouse is wanting to be intimate and you are really not because you're feeling completely disconnected, um, you don't have to have sex with them just to like make them feel better. You can have that honest conversation first that says, hey, I love you. I'm feeling really emotionally distant from you. And so if I was to just cover that up with sex to make you happy, I don't think that's doing our relationship a service. Let's have a conversation first. Let's talk about this. And here's the thing. If you do that, that emotional vulnerability is going to create the emotional intimacy, which will then help your physically intimate and relationship. Yes. Right? Right. For My point is this, yeah. and again, gross over generalization. Women, your need of intimacy is not less important than your husband's. And you need to figure out that that balance and that kind of um, synchronous, synchronicity. Synch- like synchronicity mm-hmm. with emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. And don't be afraid to have that conversation because here's the thing. Your spouse wants to connect with you, right? And so let's do that on all areas so everyone feels connected. And don't like resentfully push your own intimacy needs down. Like bring it to the forefront. Have the hard conversation. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in marriage is thinking that our spouse does not want to meet our needs in all areas. Right. I think it's a lie. I think when you have two people who are willingly choosing to be married to each other, obviously you want to meet each other's needs, but you have to give them a roadmap to know what your needs are and how to get there. Otherwise you're doing your marriage a disservice. I will also add that withholding intimacy is not the solution. Mm -hmm. So if you are not feeling like your emotional needs are being met, and again, going back to what you keep saying, Becky, about these are generalizations. It's not always about the male, female, who's, who's feeling what, who needs what. But in general, if you have the stronger emotional need and that need to connect in that way in order to feel like you're better um, able to physically connect. Or relax into or physical relax intimacy. Into, yes, intimacy. exactly. Um, the solution, the answer is not to withhold until your needs are met. Correct. So you, I just want to Well, be and on clear, both sides. Yes. You can't emotionally withhold. That is withhold. my opinion. No, I, that is but, fact. But just don't. That's, that's not, not. Weaponizing intimacy, emotional or physical, yeah. is never okay. Right. This is not like a parent-child dynamic and withholding. Um, it is okay to have the conversation and say, I'm feeling uncomfortable with this because of X, Y, and Z. Right. That's not withholding. That's honesty, mm-hmm. right? But to say like, well, until, until he takes me out on a date, he's not getting any. Right. Like that's, un- okay. that's unkind. Mm-hmm. That's tr- treating your spouse in an unkind way. Vice versa, if your husband says, well, until she has sex with me, I'm not going to buy her flowers or hug her or whatever. Also, like you don't want to do that. Why would you be a jerk to the person you love? Right. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Just open your mouth and be honest. (laughs) Yes. Do what Brene does. (laughs) Here is the narrative I'm crafting in my head. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yes, totally. And I'm telling you, honesty is the key to all good things in life. Yeah. Honesty is like the number one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So be honest even when it's difficult. 
Hey friends, we've decided to make this a two-part episode, so tune in to episode 134 for the remainder of this conversation about better connection with your spouse.